Hello, and welcome to ng-build-pod, where we share with you our knowledge of Angular, all the mistakes we've made, and some of the things we've gotten right. I'm Chris Kamak, and with me as always is John Graham, and we are both full-stack Angular developers that love to share and be part of the developer community. We both work here at Miles Technologies in Lumberton, New Jersey, on the Engine team, and we've spent the last several years building out our Angular template for the Miles software division. Hey, John, uh, what have you been up to in the past couple of weeks? Yeah, it's been a little bit since we did a, uh, a podcast here, had a little break, but... A, a hot minute. <laughs> a hot minute, not too long, though. We're back at it. Um, yeah, so before my uh, youngest now daughter was born, our second child, I was uh, going pretty well with uh, training for running uh, with the ultimate goal to run a marathon. I'd like to do that at some point. Um and then, you know, once uh, the kid was born, I'm sure you probably remember, uh, I stopped doing that <laughs> because uh, I was tired and I didn't feel like doing it anymore. Um, but now she's getting a little bit older, gotten into a good routine. I'm stuck in the house. So it's uh, it's been a good opportunity to rekindle that. And um, I've been doing a lot of training, trying to build back up my stamina to what I was before. Um, kind of following like a 18 to 20 week program uh, to kind of get myself up there. Not that there's going to be a marathon anytime soon, um, <laughs> but that's uh, that's good because that gives me more time to train for it. Um, but I've been really enjoying just the the runs. Um, they're a good opportunity to kind of just like listen to a podcast or um, you know get outside, breathe air, um, you know, be by myself. For a little bit as well you know as much as i love the family and the kids it's nice to have you know 20 30 you know 60 minutes to yourself uh, to just think about things and you know relax so uh, that's been my primary thing and as i mentioned to you uh, a couple days ago i finally finished star trek that's been something we've talked about a few times on the podcast about time i know it was those last four episodes i just couldn't bring myself to to finish it i am kind of sad that it's over though because i i do like that whole like cast so i don't know if i'll easily jump into another one but we'll see well there's a couple of movies <laughs> if you want to go there yeah no i i was thinking about that actually like uh because i was watching in netflix they have the the recap and they talk about some of the movies and i was like oh you know i never even watched one of those movies yet so maybe i'll go yeah there. you know the movies and I, there's a tradition with star trek the movies uh generally are um uh fun you know they're 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 having fun with it you know mm -hmm. uh so there's a lot of uh jokes and a lot of uh odd scenes that they put into those things but they're all they're pretty good movies actually too cool yeah i'll check them out but that's been me what have you been up to uh well before i dive into that i do have one quick question about your running uh, could oh, yeah. you have chosen a hotter time to start this process? <laughs> you know it, it's really funny because um I remember, I think I was doing my training in the fall last time I was doing it, um, or it was at least spring. It definitely wasn't in the summer. And uh, I'm having trouble um, like running what I used to be able to run, and it's a little frustrating. But I read um, some, like, I've been watching a lot of running stuff on YouTube because, you know, I just need to know how to do everything as, as efficiently as I can. And... Um, one of the, the things that somebody had that was like a running comment is it says, uh, summer miles bring false smiles, something like that. Because oh, yeah. basically if you train hard in the summer in the heat and you can get through being in the heat, uh, when it gets cooler, you're like way better at running. You know, you can run way further and you can get way more, uh, you know, you have way more efficiency. So, um, it is very hard <laughs> to run in the heat, um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the fact that I'm putting in the hard work now so that I'll be in better shape in the fall when it gets a little cooler. Well, very nice. Very but, nice. Yeah, not a great time to start if you're looking for, <laughs> for easy wins, I'll say that much, because it is brutal out there. Sure, sure. Uh, as for myself, a um, uh, couple couple months ago or weeks ago, or I can't remember anymore, time's irrelevant these days. Um <laughs> 
I got a, uh, a multi effects pedal for for my bass guitar, and uh, you know it's been fun just playing around with it, seeing what kind of sounds you can get out of it. And then I started realizing, wow, there's there's some songs you really can't play without it. Um, and I've been trying to figure out how to get the most out of it. And recently, I've been messing around with some really distorted and fuzzy sounding tracks, like um, uh, Muse's uh, "Time Is Running Out." If you think of that, like uh, that really buzzy sort of sound that it has. That's a bass guitar uh, with like a, a seriously distorted and nasty sounding uh, multi-effect after it. So uh, it's been fun playing around with that. You know, it's a new, it's a new gig. It's a new toy, if you will. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you stuck with that. I can't wait to like actually like hear you do some stuff sometime. Yeah, it sounds like a bass guitar. Yeah, generally. well... <laughs> You don't learn the bass not to play it to people, you know. That I mean? is true. That is true. Yeah. No, it's it's been a good time. Uh, so uh, let's talk about what we're going to be jumping into today. Um, so main topic of the day here, we're going to tackle using RxJS to build out a single call that can get multiple calls worth of information. And essentially, it's stitching together the data from multiple calls into one single call. Now, for this, uh, we're going to be working with an example. An example that we've come up with is a shopping carts display page. Uh, we've even uh, built out this example in a GitHub repo so that uh, anyone can look over and follow the examples and actually see the code that we're talking about. Um, but hopefully, even just you know listening to this podcast, you'll be able to get a real good sense of what we're talking about and how it's accomplished. Uh, and this is, you know, a more advanced use of RxJS. You know, we we want to ultimately have a cleaner component that's asking a single question and receives a single answer, uh, rather than a component being kind of a god component and uh, you know getting all the data from the back end, but then sort of figuring it out how to use it on its own. Uh, before we do that, let's do some quick tips. Uh, John, what do you have for us? Yeah, before I get into the quick tip, I do just want to say that I'm actually really excited about this uh, particular topic because we did an RxJS like intro, and that was a very popular podcast, by far our most popular uh, in the, the group. And the, the thing that I think people tend to do a lot when they learn about RxJS, at least from myself, is I get the basics, which is kind of what we covered in that, that podcast. And I'm like, okay, well, now what? You know what I mean? Like, what do I do with this information I have and how do I actually apply it to use cases? So I'm excited about this one because when we were even uh, doing some of the prep work for this, I learned quite a bit about how to take transient knowledge about RxJS and apply it to like an actual problem that I could see myself having. Uh, yeah, I, so. I hope that this is something that people really get something out of, uh, John, because in my opinion, the way that RxJS seems to work is either you are stuck on the very, very low end of RxJS and you're essentially just using it as an API caller. Like, I'm just going to call my API now. It's going to do gets and posts and that sort of thing. Uh, or you're going so far on the other side that you're getting tangled in RxJS and you're having a hard time working with it. And then you're one of those people possibly that comes around saying, RxJS is really difficult. I don't know what to do. It's, it's too complicated. Uh, I, I'm going to use something else. You know, or try to, try to buck against it, if you will. There are some good middle ground opportunities in there, though. You don't have to go on the crazy side, and you certainly don't have to just use it as an API caller, you know? Uh, so yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Cool. So for my tip, uh, I'm going to talk about something I've been uh, trying out recently, which I think has helped a lot with the whole working from home and trying to stay productive and focused and things like that. And that's, uh, I did read this in one of the books I, I read recently. Uh, forgive me, I cannot remember which book it was from. Um, but uh, if I do find out, I'll, I'll let you guys know. Um, but essentially, it's this concept of having uh, what's called an engineering journal. And uh, the, the concept or idea behind it is that as you kind of go through your day, um, and you encounter like engineering problems or, um, you know, you help somebody with something or you find some answer on Stack Overflow or you figure something out, you write it down uh, and you just keep writing things down as you go throughout your day and you build kind of this, uh, uh, you know, uh, journal of your day. And the things that it's kind of helped me with um, in particular is like I always like uh, forget like things that I figure out for other people that 
then are later useful for me. So I'm hoping that writing these things down more, and I have been able to reference them in some uh, occasions, are going to help me, um, you know, learn from helping other people, right? So somebody asks me a question, I help them research it, we come up with a solution, I write that down so that when I have a similar problem later, um, I can come up with that. But one of the benefits that I didn't expect that it's actually done a really good job of is that it, it helps me kind of um, realize when I'm being ef- uh, efficient and effective and not, right? So what I do is I kind of do like time stamps along the way. So I say at like nine o'clock, I started this section at 9.30, I started this section. Um, so I can kind of see like between nine and nine thirty, I didn't get a whole lot done today because I really only have one note from a journal. Now, if that note were something that I would expect to take a half hour, then I wouldn't feel bad about it, but this did not. So I can kind of see throughout my day, uh, when I'm being efficient, it helps me kind of stay focused. It helps me, um, make sure I'm being productive, you know, when you can tend to get a little distracted, uh, you know, working remotely, especially if you've got family and kids around, um, you know, or just, you know, natural distractions like, you know, the TV or something like that. Um, so this is a pretty cool idea. I would definitely try it out again. It's nothing fancy. You're just basically writing down everything you're doing and learning and it's had some, um, planned benefits and then also some side effects that I've really enjoyed. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, I like it. I definitely like the idea of uh, keeping track of what you've accomplished too, because I think, uh, you know, we need that these days to, to remain motivated. Hey, did I do anything yesterday? Did I actually <laughs> accomplish anything yesterday? It'd be nice to have an answer to that question. Yeah. Some, sometimes you just forget that you helped like six people that day. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, because by the fourth person, you forget the first three. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I've enjoyed it. How about you? What do you got? Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit today about uh, TypeDoc, uh, which is a third-party library out there that uh, will uh, look over your TypeScript files and build out API documentation uh, for those. Uh, and it actually is its pretty smart about it. It'll, it'll look at the types that you have uh, for your parameters. It'll look at the types you have for your returns and use those as part of your pre-made documentation. So even without making any, you know, comments at all in your code, no, no JS doc comments or anything like that, uh, you're able to come up with some pretty nice looking and professional uh, API documentation for a TypeScript based uh, situation. Where we've used it uh, recently is uh, for our NPM packages, our private ones that we've created here for our, our Breckenridge Head Start template. Um, you know, we've built, a, I don't know, over 50 uh, packages at this point. So, you know, keeping those documents straight on all the different versions is really complicated and, and a lot of work. Uh, so having something that can automate that, uh, such as a type doc, uh, is really, really nice. And uh, we're implementing that soon in our setup. So uh, I've been looking over it and I think it's, it's worth a look for anyone uh, working with TypeScript with one of the coolest 80s themes for any uh, website we've ever uh, we've ever built. I'm a big fan uh, of it. Lots of glow, some purple. <laughs> yes, agreed. Yeah, it's awesome. Cool. Uh, yeah. So you want to lead us in here, John? Yeah, sure. Let's get into the meat of things now. So I guess it, it, the best place to start is with, well, you know, we want to use RxJS to solve this problem for us, but what is the problem that we're trying to solve? And what we're going to use is hopefully something that's easy to visualize and understand um, for most people uh, listening. Um, but again, like Chris mentioned, we'll include links to our GitHub repo where we put a very, you know, um, bare bones sample application together so that you can kind of see all the code that we're talking about. Um, So we're going to start with um, what is the naive uh, approach to solving this problem. Uh, And then we'll shift into some more uh, of leveraging RxJS's operators uh, to, you know, kind of improve the situation that we found ourselves in. So we'll start with what I, what, you know, I think I, I would have done. Uh, before this learning session, uh, and then we're going to finish with you know some of the things that that uh, you could do to improve it. So first, let's talk about the scenario, right? Uh, so we have a shopping cart, right? So we got an e-commerce website, and you want to uh, you put things in your shopping cart, and then when you're done, you go to your checkout, right? And let's think about what the checkout screen looks like on a typical um, 
you know, e-commerce website. So typically what you're going to have is you're going to have your order summary, which is going to include order details. And the order details are going to have things like quantity, price, total, things like that. Um, but then you're also going to have something like uh, shipping total. And with shipping, it can be dynamic, right? So if you're uh, shipping internationally or domestically or, you know, maybe to some neighboring countries, uh, the price is going to be variant, right? So shipping isn't something you know up front. It's something you're going to access as you get, you know, information about the person doing the order. So if you think about it, you've got one API call to pull back your orders, and your order detail information, which is calling your API most likely. But then you probably don't have your own shipping API. You're probably using some other third-party service to, you know, that already knows how to calculate all of the shipping information, whether you're using UPS or, or FedEx or whatever. Um, so you have another API call there. And then you want to calculate the tax. Right, because at least in uh, in the U.S., you're going to have to deal with tax. Uh, other countries uh, have uh, different things for this. So in the U.S., you have the federal tax, and then you have every state's got their own tax. So depending again on where you're going and what you're doing, you may have to pay tax on it. You want to pull back your tax rate, uh, and then finally, you want to get an order total. Right, so you want to take your details, your shipping, your tax, and you want to calculate that all together to get a final order total. Um, but the problem is, is that you can't just calculate the order total immediately um, because you need to get your order details. You need to calculate the cost of that. You need to add in the shipping, which is another API call. And then you need to add in the tax, which in this case is a third API call. Yeah, I mean, so essentially we're talking about uh, an order summary component, right? Like an order summary display page. And it's going to have an HTML section and a TS for your uh, component. And uh, what we're saying is the way we would see this uh, commonly, especially from uh, uh, someone who's not you know, real, real familiar with RxJS, they're probably going to access three different services here. And they're going to have the component make all three calls, right? So they're going to they're going to go into the ng on a knit on there and they're going to say, go get me my order details. And probably not nested, but just, you know, right alongside of it, go get me the shipping information. And then right alongside of that, go get me the tax information. So we've got three separate calls to three separate services that are all returning information. And we kind of need all of that information in order to figure out the total, right? Yeah. So... And you know, we've, we've got to, we've got to stitch together once we get back our information from these calls. Now we have to stitch them together to mean something, uh, to another piece of data, which is that order total. So now also, uh, you know, we have this component and it has to know how to make an order total. Yeah. So it's got some of that business logic and it does have actually one additional complication because it is actually going to have a nested call. Um, oh, okay. In our case, the shipping, uh, needs to know the weight of the order in order to calculate the amount that it's going to mm. ship, right? So in order for me to go and get the shipping, it's not just enough to say, you know, I'm going to ship it to New Jersey. I need to also say I'm going to ship 60 pounds or 10 pounds or 5 pounds to New Jersey. So we do have that nested call that adds a little bit of, of, of complication to it. Um, but, you know, let's just talk about quickly how we could solve this in a, uh, you know, like I said, in a, in a naive way when it comes to RxJS. So like sure. you said, NG on init, you get your order details. You subscribe to those, right? So you're calling an order detail service or an order service to get that information. Yeah. In the subscription. And as you said, that's probably local for you. That's probably your API that that's coming from. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. In the, in the subscription of that, you're going to, you know, then probably loop over your uh, order details and here's what you were mentioning. Here's where you could probably start to calculate things like an order total, right? Because you are looping over your details, you get the quantity and the price, and you start calculating your total. Um, right. But you're also getting a total weight, right? Because you need to send that to the shipping API in order to right. determine what the cost is. Like, um, for instance, if this were like a FedEx uh, endpoint or something like that, we would have to tell it two things. Well, three things, really. Where is it coming from? Where is it going to and how much weight's involved, right? And so that's what you're saying. We have to sort of figure that out. And those are, those are coming back with the order details. The order details tell us what the order weight is by looping over the items and calculating it. 
Yep, exactly. And uh, you know, and here's where we introduce a another complication to our page, which is that this is calling a third party API. Right. So with the order API, we have kind of total control over that. We have guarantees, we have expectations, uh, we have things that we can live up to. But when I'm calling, say, the FedEx API, you know, it could be running really slow one day. They could be doing maintenance. There's a lot of things that could be happening that would cause um, this to uh, have a delayed response or no response in some cases. Um, so just keep that in mind, and we'll circle back to the kind of problem that that presents when we talk about the UI a little bit. Um, but that's how we would get our shipping details. Um, noted, sir. Noted. <laughs> so noted. Um, and then the, the call that could happen that doesn't have anything to do with any of this is the tax call, right? So that's happening you know, we'll say side by side, because really it just seems to know where you're shipping it to. It doesn't matter what you're ordering or anything like that, because we're just trying to get the tax rate. Um, but once we have that, then again, we're coming back to the component it has to figure out, well, what's the total cost of this order now, because I have to, you know, add that tax rate in. All right, cool. So let me just sum this up. What we're saying is, is that we have to make a call to get the order. And when that's done, we got to go get the shipping information. But at the same time, we could be making the call for the tax. But we need all three to be completed before we can figure out this order total, like the total total, like with everything included. Is that correct? Yes, the total total. <laughs> okay, the total total. Got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so, you know, that kind of explains all of the logic and the component. And let's talk real quick about you know, how that complicates our UI and how we tend to deal with it um, when we're just applying, you know, like, a, like I, I like to call it the brute force method or the forehead method because you're just forehead on the keyboard, get it done. Mm -hmm. um, so with this method, we have uh, bindings for things, right? So we're going to show our order details. We're going to show our order total uh, or our, our subtotal, right? Which is probably our detail total. We're going to show the shipping information, the tax information, and finally, we want to show the order total. So what you just said right there is with the order total, we need to wait for the the details, the shipping, and the tax to all finish. Right. Um, and like we mentioned a few minutes ago, the shipping isn't guaranteed to get replied quickly. The tax isn't as well, because like I said, you're probably using a third-party tax service um, to get that information. So what you end up doing which when we were writing this up, we didn't do, and we got the error, right? Um, I think that that's how everybody figures out they need to do this, is you have to wait until your order details is populated, your shipping is populated, your tax is populated, and then you can calculate the total. So you end up with an NGF on your div that says, hey, wait until I get these values populated, right? And those are just kind of object properties or value properties on your... Um, your component. Um, so with ours, when you look at our example, we have an NGF for order details and shipping and tax. When those all exist, then you can display the order total. Um, so you know you can imagine in this scenario there's one, but you know you think about uh, a form that has uh, you know is is displaying more detailed information. You end up with a lot of these like NGFs uh, where you're trying to you know have your uh, template understand a timing problem, uh, which is kind right. of challenging. I've actually seen that handled also. Um, it, it, you could say that this is better or worse. I, I don't know which one to call it. Uh, but I've also seen that handled via an extra property on the component called ready. Hmm. You know, And ready is either true or false. And we yeah. start off with false. And then when we feel like we have all the information we need, then we explicitly set it to true. And then everything shows. You know, that kind of a, a view guard, if you will. Yeah, and that kind of um, makes you think about sort of the, you know, when you're operating with this process, the the sort of design decisions that you tend to have to make, right? So like, we think about this page, do we want to wait to show the whole page until we have all the information? Do we want pieces of information to load in dynamically? Like, do we want the shipping to come in as it as the API call finishes, because you know, nine times out of ten, it finishes really quick, and we don't need to worry about complexity on holding back the whole order. Um, but you know, maybe the one time it doesn't, you know, you have to put a loading icon, and it starts to complicate even just the thought process around the UI. 
um, yeah. which which is another uh, concern that this creates. And certainly something you want to avoid is the concept of let's figure out the order total. We'll start off with a shipping cost of zero. So then we'll display it, but then the shipping cost comes back maybe a second and a half later. And all of a sudden my order total just jumped by 10 bucks. I'm like, whoa, what just happened? You know, like as a, as a user, you don't want that experience. I don't want to see an order total prematurely and then have it, you know, jump up or down uh, based on some factor I don't understand. Yeah, that, that's a great point. I hadn't even considered that. And and one of the other things you, you really think about is, so you're going to eventually get to probably like an order summary screen. So like they click order and they're ready to go and it takes you to the summary. And that usually doesn't have all of this information, right? It doesn't have tax information. It doesn't have shipping uh, costs. It's got an order total, right? So now you're having to rewrite, you know, and it's probably going to be a different component because it has a different view. Um, so now you're having to do this whole stitching of all the services again, keep calculating your order total again, because we've got it in our component uh, on the previous screen. So here's where you start to run into, you know, code reuse issues and a bunch of uh, different problems that that presents as well. Yeah. Um, so I think we've beaten this, this uh, component up pretty good. Uh, all right, good. It's down. It's 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 got, it's on count eight of ten. Uh, Does it feel bad about itself? <laughs> it should. Well, we wrote it, so you know. Okay. Let's let's uh, we'll take the blame on this one. Okay. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about um, the path towards the light. How do we get out of this scenario? How does RxJS lift us from this uh, this hole that we've dug uh, for ourselves? Yeah, I mean, I think that the easiest thing to talk about here is what what is it that we could do better? Like, what what is it that if if I didn't even know anything more about RxJS or I didn't even realize that might be part of the solution, just what would be better? What would what would be a better scenario? So, one of the things that I think is important here is the concept of making your your components as much as possible presentation components you know so you want to show something on this page but it doesn't need to figure out all the information technically it'd be much better if it were making a single call if it simply said to some service hey can you give me an order summary can you just give it to me and by the way that order summary needs to have the details the shipping the tax and a total for that total amount of the order like, can you just go get that for me? Because when you have it, I'm going to display it. Like, like in other words, that's all it's responsible for. It doesn't need to know how many services are involved in that process. It doesn't need to know how to calculate an order total. It just says, give me the thing I'm asking for. Yeah, gotcha. So what you're thinking here is like in our, our last component, we had properties for each uh, individual call, right? We had an order detail property, we had a shipping property, we had a tax property, and then we were stitching all that information together. So step one for this could be to just literally copy pretty much everything that's in the component right now, stick it in an order summary service, and return a single order summary object that you know kind of combines all of those. Even if it does it the same exact way we're doing it right now, um, with calling the three different services, and we don't play with RxJS at all. We've done the, the job of extracting from the component, making it dumb is the other word they use, right? Dumb component versus smart component, or mm -hmm. presentation component is the nice way to say it. Um, but we've taken all the logic out, and we've stuck it now in a service that we know we already have a scenario where we need this information again, right? Like we already created that scenario. Um, so um, you know, we're just taking these properties, pulling them out, putting them in a service, and getting a single response back. So now our component, you know, just has one property order summary, right? Which it can agree, all that agree. In. But that's that's the part where this RxJS becomes part of a problem, right? Because let's let, you're saying let's create this order summary service, and we could take the logic and, and dump it sort of in the same place. Well, not really, because what's going to tell it to wait? What's going to tell it that this is a synchronous event that I want to have the answer once all those calls are completed? Really, without RxJS, that's kind of hard to do, right? So, I mean, we, we, we're, we know that RxJS has to be part of that solution if that's the way we're going to go. And I think we're saying, yeah, that makes more sense. Let's have this thing be a presentation component. 
let's let's build out a service for order summary. Yeah, and and that we'll get the business logic in there, and now we have to handle the the asynchronous or RxJS aspect of things, right? Sure. So let's talk a little bit about that, right? Let's start to dive into how we leverage RxJS to uh, solve this problem for us. Um, and uh, I'm going to jump ahead to you know how after we kind of worked through this problem, it helped me to kind of think through it this way, right? Which is before we jump in and we say, how can RxJS solve this problem for us? That's the, uh, to me, that's the wrong place to start, right? Because then you're trying to, you know, find the nail for the hammer that you want to swing, right? You're not trying to decide if you need a hammer in the first place, right? Um, so before we jump into how RxJS helps us, let's just work through the logical chain of events that occurs on the component and understand the problem we're trying to solve, right? So we have these three API calls, right? We call orders, we call taxes, and we call uh, shipping, right? And the only uh, hierarchical dependency we have, well, we have two hierarchical dependencies, right? We have one where the shipping needs the order, and then we have a second, which is the summary, the total needs all three, right? Right. So we have these two aspects, which we've handled by doing a child, you know, call inside of a subscription. Right. And our component version, you know, not, not the, the enhanced version where it's in a service, but in the component, we've done a subscribe within a subscribe in order to accomplish that. Right. So we know we, you know, at the, at the higher level, we need to make all three calls at the lower level. We only need to make the get order call in order for the shipping to work, right? So those are kind of the two uh, requirements we're working with, right? Right. Um, so let's start with kind of what we think is the easy first problem to solve, right? Um, which is kind of saying we need to wait for these things to finish before we return a response, right? We don't want to return the summary after one of these calls is done. Right. Um, we want to take what essentially is going to be three observables, right? If we're going to talk about it from an observable standpoint, because that's what these HTTP client get calls are, they're, they're observables. Uh, we want to take three observables and we want to kind of change it into a single observable, uh, uh, a merged version. So somehow we want to take those three and say, you're all connected to one. And that one instruction uh, should carry out in this order. Yeah, and, and we've kind of, hand, and, and that, uh, you know, specific scenario, if you don't add the second hierarchical issue, is actually, I think, pretty simple to solve. And what I would imagine most people use as their first operator the most in RxJS, and that's going to be the fork join operator, right? Because that's going to be the easiest operator that's going to bring together all of these observables into a single response, Right. So to me, that's a good starting point. Right. Because we yeah. know we need to get one observable out. Uh, when we're yeah. Done. And let's just let's just cover that real fast. So the, the fork join, what it's going to do is it's going to take in a comma separated list of observables or calls, if you want to call it that way. Right. So it'll take a comma separated list of calls. Uh, and if you were to then subscribe to the result of your fork join then you are technically subscribing to all of the calls that are in the fork join. And only when every single one of those calls has completed would you get a response. And that response would be an array of responses that would marry up to the index that you passed in these individuals. So let's just, let's just put that in direct terms. If we said fork join, make the call to the order details as the first thing, comma, make the call to the shipping thing uh, endpoint comma make the call to the tax and that was the end of our fork joint statement if you then subscribed to that the responses you would receive are an array which would be index 0 would be the order details answer index 1 would be the answer to the shipping and index 2 would be the answer to the tax and until all three calls have completed, you would get none of those answers. You would get them all at once when all three have completed uh, fully. Yeah. And it was almost that easy, right? Yeah, almost. <laughs> um, almost, yeah. But we have that one extra challenge of 
the the shipping service needs information from the order service in order for it to uh you know to do its thing right so like you were saying before we can't just say okay great i want to put these uh observables together fork join them all good to go uh because you can't actually operate on the order subscription until you know all of them have finished including the shipping one right so that's going to create an issue for us um, yeah. So in our scenario, we do exactly what you said, but we take that shipping one out of the fork join because it's not really at this on the same level as the, the tax and the order. But the tax is fine because we don't need anything else. We just want to wait for the tax to come back because we need that tax information to get our overall order total for our order summary. Right. Right. So we end up with the fork join, get order, get tax. Um, so now we have those together. We've solved one problem, which is that those will only return one response. And we can, you know, I, I do our, want to our... take one quick step back, though, uh, just to call out what we're doing is we're building a new service call that's called Git Summary. Mm -hmm. And it's returning an observable of a brand new object called an order summary. The order summary itself is going to have the pieces that we've outlined, the, um, the details, the shipping, the tax, and finally the order total. Uh, so, you know, we know right from the get-go that's the object we're trying to return. Uh, so far, as you've laid out, we've identified that via a fork join, we could make the first two calls. But I just wanted to take that step backwards because I don't know if we've laid that out yet. So, Yep, yeah, definitely. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to get it so the component doesn't have to figure these things out, right? Yeah. We want the component to just do what it does best, which is take data and display it to the user, right? right. That's what components work really well with. Um, so so now we fork join those two together, and now let's solve this more challenging problem of how do we take the, um, the order details, which previously we did the subscribe on the get order, we looped over the orders to calculate the total, which is the quantity and the price, but also to get a total weight, to send to the shipping API to get information, right? So we have to somehow tap in to this fork join um, and you know do some processing before we return. Again, the goal is we're returning a single observable. Um, so what uh, operator do you think kind of works best in this scenario? Well, let's, let's analyze what it is we want to accomplish and that kind of points us in the right direction. Uh, what we want to accomplish is we want to take an observable. In this case, the observable is the one from the fork join. We want to take an observable, and then we'd like to use another observable that will use information from the first observable. Technically, that's what we're doing. We're chaining them together. Remember, in the component, this was handled via a nested subscribe. So if you're trying to replace a nested subscribe, this is kind of what we're describing. It's this observable piped into a second observable uh, that would use the first observable's information. And the right operator in that case, there's there's more than one, but I think the easy one and the one that I, I tend to lean towards here is called switch map. So what we would do is we would take the fork join, and of course we're not going to subscribe to that because uh, we're trying to return an observable that the component can subscribe to. So we're going to take the fork join's observable, with the details, order details, and the tax. And we're going to say dot pipe. And the operator we're going to give it is called switch map. And switch map essentially says, I'm going to expect that you are going to give me an observable in return as to what's going to come back. So, so in our scenario, what we would do is we would switch map, and that switch map itself would return the call. Uh, from the shipping one. So it will eventually say return, you know, this shipping service, get shipping. But we got some, some code that we're going to have to write in between, right? Because in order to make that call, it has to use the information from the order to figure out the weight. So you want to go into that part of it? Yeah. So real quick before I do that, I think that it's important to kind of talk about the structure that we've just uh, attached here. Um, and this was a really tough concept for me when I was learning RxJS, but I, I've finally figured out a good way to think about it. Um, so the dot pipe, um, is it called an operator? What do they call that? Um, the dot pipe itself 
is it takes in operators. Right. They yeah, call yeah. them operators. Like RxJS slash operators is where all of them come from. Right, right, right. So so the the reason that, it, you know, to me, the pipe is so uh, um, such a great name because I think of this whole system as a pipeline, right? Or, or a system of tubes, right? So what we have is in this one end, we're sticking this fork join, which is the get order and the get tax. And the other end, we want to spit out the order summary in the, in the format we want. But along the way, we want to do some things to it, right? So the hard thing for me to understand was, well, how do I access these things? What, where am I at? What am I actually looking at? And what you're doing with the dot pipe is you're just laying in a pipe but you still have access to anything that would flow through that pipe, right? So since the fork join is now piped to the switch map, when we get into the switch map, we have access to the information that we would normally get from the fork join, right? Because it still passes through. Uh, it's just we're not spitting it out there, right? Which is what you would do when you do the dot subscribe, right? That's when you spit out the information. So you still have access to it. It's still flowing through. And the switch map is just a piece in the pipe. So unless you're going to, you know, when, when it comes out of that, it's got to return something, right? It can't just go into the ether. Um, so that's what you were saying is the switch map is actually returning the observable, because again, we're in RxJS while we're dealing with observables, of the get shipping, right? Mm -hmm. so, so that's our return. So I just want to make that, I guess, that... Um, that analogy of this actual, like, think of like a physical pipe. We're going through, because we're, we're passing it through, we have access to all this information, but we still have to send something out the other end. Um, and so, so to answer your question, what are we doing in this pipe that we've now laid out? Um, and it, the, the good thing is, is we're saying we want to access the orders, right? We also have access to the tax, but in this case, it's not really relevant uh, to what we're doing because, like you said, the fork join gives us those two uh, arrays or that array of objects, uh, not two arrays, a single array with two objects. Um, so what we're going to do is we're just going to take that first object, that zero index on the array, and we're going to loop over it. And we're going to do the same calculations we did in the component, which is to get the total weight and the order details total. Right, and then we're going to uh, take that total weight and pass it into the response of the pipe, which is the get shipping service. Right, so the get shipping service takes total weight as a parameter, um, and we're just returning that service as a parameter from the pipe, and it's going on to the next thing. Now, the question is, do we want to spit it out here, or are we going to go further? Um, and the answer is we're going to go further, but it's interesting why we need to go further, right? Do you want to talk about the, the problem that this switch map presents to the scenario we're doing here and why we need to add another um, pipe to the, to the channel here? Yeah, yeah, no problem. I mean, so, so we said that this, this call that the component's going to make is going to make a call to something called get summary, and it expects that the end result is an observable of an order summary object. And we've done the first leg with the fork join. Now we're piping it into a switch map. That switch map is getting all the shipping details, just like you said. And it's returning this shipping service dot get shipping. Problem is, that means it's returning only that object. It's returning the shipping, which, by the way, is not a full order summary. So it's like we were able to use the orders in the tax in the call to get shipping service information, but it doesn't return everything from the pipe. It only returns what you said. You said to return get shipping, so that's all it's returning. So technically at this point, we're only returning an observable of shipping. That's it. So, so the next thing is how do we stitch it together? Because we've made one set of calls to get orders and tax. We've made another set of call to get shipping. But now we want to kind of put those together into an object called order summary. So the best way to go about that is with something you probably have already used many times, I'd imagine, which is the pipe operator of map. Now, switch map, of course, is like uh, saying I need to do another observable on top of an observable. A standard map, not that complicated. A standard map is simply saying take the object and reformat it into a new object of some sort. And in this scenario, that's exactly what we want to do. We want to take the shipping's return, which has the shipping information only, right? 
and we want to map it into an order summary. Luckily, it still has access to everything above it. Everything from the previous call and the fork join is still accessible right here. So I can use the shipping's information on the return, but I can still also use orders, and I can still also use tax. With all three of those things, that's exactly what we need to get this done. Yeah, and, and, and again, this analogy of the pipeline, it has access to those previous things because it's not spit out yet. It's still just traveling through the, the flow. It's, it's come from the fork join to the switch map to the map, right? So, But it's all, you still have access to all of that information, right? And the main difference here with the map is we're returning an observable still, but we're not returning, like we're not calling another observe like we're not calling another like a uh, service here we're just taking yeah. things and returning a value essentially right a, a known value um, right. so that's why we're using map here instead of switch map because with switch map you want to then call something else right typically i would imagine um so so now we're able to you know really manipulate along this pipeline all of the values that we want to do to create um what is is the result that we actually want which again is an order summary containing order details, shipping information, tax information, and total information, which, you know, along the way you need to calculate, right? To get the order total, I can't do that until I have the shipping information. So you do that in the map at the very end. To get the shipping, I can't do that until I know the weight, which you do in the switch map. And to get some of the other things like tax to return, um, which you're also using in the order total at the very end of the map, you're getting in the fork join. So yeah. we're using all these different layers to kind of put together um, this final puzzle piece, which is our, our order summary. Um, so I think that that's a good dive into the service. Uh, I, I, I want to explain some of the changes to the component quickly uh, because mm -hmm. we, we briefly talked about what we wanted to accomplish, but now that we've laid the foundation for, for how we've changed our service, uh, we want to talk about that specifically. Is there anything else you want to touch on here with the, uh, the RxJS portion? The only thing I think that is important to note is that we did not use HTTP client inside of the order summary service. We didn't, we didn't take the calls that used to be in shipping service and move them as HTTP client calls into the order summary. We're doing something here that I, I, I think is a practice that should be done more often, which is the concept of services consuming services. So the order summary is like a master service that is using the child services, the child service of order details, the child service of shipping, and the child service of tax are consumed inside of the order summary. And it's kind of like a layering, if you will, think about it that way, because the, the one service for shipping is just responsible about how to make a call to that API. That's the only thing it cares about doing. And then the order summary can be responsible about how do I make the calls in a certain succession and stitch together the final object. Yeah, that's a great bring up for some of these single responsibility concepts that you get into with object oriented programming. But, you know, the other benefit is we've already written them as separate services. You know, why do the work to combine them and, and move them? You know, there's nothing wrong with those services. Uh, we're just calling them from a different spot. Um, you got so it. Let's keep them there. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a great bring up. It's kind of like service hoisting. Whoa. Whoa. You're using some vanilla JavaScript terms that I don't, uh, I don't understand anymore, Chris. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so let's, let's, uh, talk a little bit about the component here before we we kind of wrap up the concepts and and just a quick reminder all of this code is up on github there's links in the show notes um if you want to go check it out and see kind of the the actual progression we have two branches we have the pre-optimization branch which has all of this logic in the component and we have a post-optimization branch that has it uh as the way we're describing now um but with that aside let's let's look at the component so now previously we had um, three properties, uh, well, four, one for the order details, one for the shipment, one for the tax, and one for the total. Uh, and now we've gotten that all down to a single property, which is our order summary, because we've done the work in the service to create that object for us that we want to see in the component. Um, and previously, we were injecting three services, the order, ser the order service, the uh, tax service, and the um, shipment service. 
Now we're only injecting one service here, which is the order summary service. And in our ng on init, which was about 20 lines of code to compile and create all of these, um, you know, these totals, we're calling the order service sum or order summary service dot get summary. We subscribe and we just assign the output of that because all of the the voodoo magic is behind the scenes in the service, right? So it's super clean, just crazy clean uh, component now. We've got it down to like literally just taking something from a service and assigning it to the property, which is about as presentation level as you can get uh, with a component. Uh, and then the last thing we do is we just change the template. Now, instead of accessing those properties directly, um, because we were calling all the services individually, uh, we're now chaining off of that order summary um, object, right? So order summary dot order details, order summary dot shipping, order summary dot tax. Um, and the interesting thing is this kind of solves our, our timing problem a little bit, right? We're no longer checking if tax exists, if shipping exists, if, to if details exist to show a total, right? Because total is only accessible in the order summary, which is the only property on the component. Um, so nothing is going to show until everything is available, right? So we've kind of made it a lot simpler to think about the design of the component as well, because there's only one thing. Right? It's either there or it's not. Either we can show everything or there's nothing to show at all. Um, so we've done quite a bit to make this super simplistic, uh, really easy. I mean, you could uh, you could throw this away. You could implement it in a ton of places. And you, know, you don't have to think about, well, how do I calculate the total? Where am I getting the shipping information from? What is this tax thing? How is this figured out? Like, There's no cognitive load on the developer. Uh, they just can get all the summary detail, and they have all the values they need. Uh, and it's a really great uh, sort of uh, you know, service that's there to, to really provide information to the developers and the user. So it's real clean. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's a, uh, a strong example that shows something that I I hope people are doing more and more of because uh, it's it's a lot cleaner, and I like to work on uh, code that's uh, clean and understandable. Yeah, and the one final thing I'll mention that this kind of helps us with because we did talk about it uh, briefly at the beginning is when you get to these third party services, you know, uh, you know, maybe at the beginning you just code it and it works, but then you run into a scenario where, like I said, say the uh, FedEx uh, API is down. Right? Are you not going to take orders anymore because the FedEx API is down? Um, you know, you're going to run in these scenarios where you need to handle things like if the API doesn't work or if there's a problem, right? And before we had all the logic in the component, we'd have to go into the components and handle this timing problem or this timeout problem where if we're, it's taking too long, uh, what do we do? Uh, now we've centralized that logic and uh, we can you know, just go to one place and say, you know, now I have this new error scenario. How am I going to handle this? There's probably some cool RxJS stuff we can talk about in a, another podcast about how you handle things like timeout and stuff like that. Um, but I just want to mention the fact that we've made our code more uh, sustainable as new scenarios uh, approach that we're not necessarily considering uh, in the onset of things uh, because it's, it's unlikely that they'll occur. Agreed. Agreed. Do you have uh, any, uh, I think we're at the point now where we're at some final thoughts. Do you have anything yeah. else that you wanted to add? Yeah, I, I do have some, just, just one really major point because, it, you know, this was a great learning experience for me, um, you know, when we were going through this. And I think the challenge that I faced a lot that I just want to share in case other people have the same challenge and the revelation I had going through this is, um, Back to what I was saying before, I would always think of, I have this scenario, I have this problem, I have this data, I want to RxJSify it, right? I want to I want to put some cool operators in there, and I want to make it really s slick and clean and neat. How do I do that, right? And I, I did that exactly with this when we were getting started with our, with our example here. And I couldn't come up with a solution, right? And I realized I'm just, I'm looking at the wrong problem. Right, the, the, I'm looking at the wrong way to approach the problem. I don't want to go and just try to figure out how I can use RxJS to solve the problem. I want to understand the problem, and then it's obvious which RxJS operators to use. Right? You lay out that problem that you need a single observable. You have three observables. 
one of which is dependent on another. How do I combine all of these into one? Right? When you think about it that way, and you're not really trying to use the fanciest operator or the coolest thing in RxJS, it was a lot easier for me to connect the dots. And the reason that that's so important is because like, you have to take our example and be able to apply the knowledge and understanding in a completely different contextual setting, right? Because unless you're working on an e-commerce site, this is never going to be a problem for you. But you, you can have that problem of, I have three observables. I have a dependency tree of observables. I need to get a single thing back. I want to create this container object. Like that problem happens a lot, right? Um, so don't think about like, I want to use switch map. I want to use fork join. I want to use map. I want to create this scenario. And just like lay out your problem first and let RxJS's operators kind of, you know, s surface to the top, right? based on the problem that you're solving. So, you know, that was kind of my revelation here. And I just wanted to give that as kind of the final takeaway. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that that's good. Um, I, I'm just going to throw in um, something I hope that's uh, uh, quick, but but maybe impactful for people. Uh, when you're out there looking uh, for information on RxJS, um, remember, it's its own living library out there. It, it's not... It's not like Angular owns it or something. Uh, and Angular uses RxJS, which I think is great. Um, but that means when you go look for examples, you're going to get all kinds of information. Uh, and I'll tell you, I think most of the time when I end up looking for examples on these things, I find uh, examples that are talking about events uh, and usually events that are like HTML DOM events. And, uh, you know, they're trying to tell you how you can use switch map and merge map and concat map and how can you how can you do that so that uh you know when someone clicks 36 times in half a second you can know exactly what to do on the 34th click you know and it, like yeah i i think that those are great and i think that there are people out there that want to build that kind of stuff but i think most most of your angular developers that's not what they're trying to do with rxjs right now uh they they may get there and uh, maybe there are some great tool makers out there that need that information. But for the most part, I think RxJS is about how do I take API calls and how do I work with them in a smarter way so that my components are doing less. And that's what we're trying to showcase here, that RxJS doesn't have to be what you see out there in examples, which is why I think we start getting a little too complex. You know, like we look at it and we kind of psych ourselves out and say, ah, oh, it's got to be. It's got to, I have to use the rainbow of operators, all of them, you know, a yellow one and a green one, you know, and, and, and reality is I just wanted to do something specific and I have to, ma I have to figure out how to build that exact thing I want and not be, um, intimidated by what it can do. You should recommend that color coding system to the yeah. Uh, operators. Yeah. I think that might help some people out. Add a little uh, ridgy biv. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Awesome. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's it. That's, um, our, our second foray into RxJS. I'm sure we'll get into more. Um, so keep listening and thanks everybody for, uh, your excitement around the topic. You know, one of the reasons we did this show is because the previous topic was so popular, uh, and people had a really great response to it. So we wanted to, you know, give, give some more content on that. So, uh, feel free if you have suggestions or questions or comments about RxJS or anything in the Angular world you want to hear Chris and I talk about, um, or you want to know more about, let us know. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at John Graham Dev, and Chris is at Pilgrim Secret. Uh, feel free to tweet either of us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, you can always check out uh, our blogs. Uh, mine is JohnGrahamDev.com, and Chris is uh, Chris Kamak over on Medium. Uh, although you should get off Medium because they're charging people now, Chris. Oh, no. I'm going to force you to build your own blog site. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah. So feel free to uh, to follow us on there. And uh, finally, as always, um, if you want to check out uh, the company that we work for, that we build and use all of these tools on, and you want to be a part of that, uh, you can go to our website. It's uh, milestechnologies.com/careers. Uh, we are hiring software developers. Um, you know, during uh, these times. So you know, if you're interested and you, you're looking for a job, you know, reach out to us. 
uh, let them know that you heard heard about it on the show, um, and that that helps us a lot. Um, but I think that's everything. Uh, did I miss any plugs? Nope. No, I think it's great. Eventually, we'll get back to doing some talks. So I'm excited about that. We have one lined up uh, that we're waiting to do, so uh, we'll we'll get to that soon. I hope. But I uh, hope everybody's having a, a great time, a great summer. Um, stay safe, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye.